have Luke. Yes, yes, or, I'm or, here. Or Sparrow. We have depends who <laughs> depends who you ask. <laughs> we have Benas. Yeah, yeah, you got me here. How's everyone doing? Pretty damn dandy. Pretty good. Yeah. Good, good for a Tuesday. Good um, for a Tuesday. The pod no longer needs an intro anymore. We graduated. Yeah. We graduated wow. to the. Yeah. This is the next the, level, guys. To the sixth episode, no longer need to I mean, hammer, hammer that point home to people. <laughs> we're, we're seasoned veterans now. I so. mean, if you don't know what by this point, then we, we we lost you. That has been five hours of the pod so far. I think people probably know what yeah. what five this is hours. about. Damn. Five episodes. Five hours. That's a lot. Yeah. What's everyone been watching? Uh, this and that, you know, blackouts, flashbacks. <laughs> But <laughs> what is that? Is that on Netflix? <laughs> yeah, it depends how much you drink. <laughs> or what you haven't been watching? Yeah, true. Um, I know Benas and I have seen Endgame. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I need you to. Seen it I yet. need to see that. It's one of one of the few Marvel films I actually probably will try and see at the cinema. Yeah, you should. One of the few. Wow, slack in. I just yeah. Well, <laughs> I've seen um Only God Forgives, which I know isn't new. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, just yeah. I was, keen, I was keen to see it because um I forget his name, but I I do like the director Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to say I was really up for it. The cover looks really cool. Um, and I really like Drive. <laughs> what so is I was like neon. I was like, this is gonna colors. be this is gonna be um. It's a very anyway, polarizing. Yeah, I, it just wasn't uh wasn't for me. Oh, re- oh, you didn't like it. You didn't like no, it. No, I really no, liked it. I was, I was like, you know, when you really want to like a film and you're kind of up for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, it just wasn't. You're you're in the minority, I think. Most people. It yeah, seems, I, I know really. you kind of got booed out of can for that shit. Really? Um, yeah, that's what I heard. But um, I it was re- like the end of him, him and as we discovered in oh, the and, um, Guy and Madeline episode, like Nicholas Wynn and Reference doing his film with Miles Teller. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Chazelle's doing a film with Gosling. So yeah. they've, they've swapped muses. Clearly. I mean, I, I generally liked it. I mean, it, it, it was lit great. Uh, yeah, the story is, I mean, what is the story there? But. You can get, you the can understand cool. it. Like, yeah. I mean, for me, the story was simple enough. Mm. Um, it could have been actually like a, a silent movie for me. Right. And did God forgive? Um, that's the point. He fucking doesn't, bruh. <laughs> um, Sparrow and I watched uh, Good Time, but the 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 director's commentary on it. Oh right. So just so just they it was just the two like, the two brothers. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crew. The, the main actors yeah, as well. Yeah, Robert Pattinson was in there and uh, Buddy Duress who just chimed in every now and then was just like <laughs> yeah, yeah that yeah. happened to that guy one time yeah and then both very the bro- insightful because obviously one of the, both the brothers or one of the brothers I think he did the cinema he, or maybe he did a bit of the music but he he acts in it as one of the yeah. so one of the Safty brothers the directors is, oh, is one of the brothers, brothers in the is one of the brothers that in was the, good it was a good insight into film. like a film that was just shot seemingly on location with no real Kind of. Well, I mean, it was planned, but like yeah, it yeah, seemed like yeah. they just grabbed it when they could. It's got a, it's got a very specific Mind look of, and style. Yeah, it's like a gorilla, real like yeah. 90s gorilla type. And every now and then they were just like, "Oh, do you remember this? This was crazy. Like the police were going to shut this place down in two minutes." And you got like Robert Pattinson just being like, "Yeah, I remember. That was yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, I that, was there." <laughs> that, yeah, gorilla filmmaking. That is that sums it up. That is like, what I think it is. they did just. It, the impression I get is they were just turning up. Obviously, they planned it a bit, but they were just like, let's just get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it did seem Makes like sense. that. I watched uh, High Life by Claire Dennis. This is her feature debut in English. It's so like she, she's made French films before. It's like Indie Stella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. About it's sex. A, it's a, <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Don't give anything away. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, well... Yeah, sex. I mean, there's a there's a baby hand on the cover. Where do you think the baby comes from? Yeah, true. Come on. Also, we've got a Robert Pattinson thing going on because he's in that as well, isn't he? 
Yeah, I mean, it's not a thing. I just saw not it by me. accident. No, but then we talk, just talked about Good Time. Oh, and he's yeah, in yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Can we get a third film? Christopher Nolan's next film's got Rob Patterson oh, in it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if he saw High Life and then he was like, yeah, I'm going to cast him because of that. He's, Maybe. Pattinson was solid in that movie, yeah, yeah, for sure. Probably because yeah. he saw Twilight. Clearly Pattinson's best film. Yeah, and clearly a film that Nolan would be... Probably the one that... Would be scouting for his next talent. Yeah, yeah probably the one that still pays his rent. Yeah. Whatever else. Um, I did oh. see the, the black hole in High Life. I saw how that was yeah, visually yeah. depicted. Very, very the, similar to Interstellar. Next to Interstellar, and then also next to that recent photo they have of, yeah, of yeah, a black yeah, hole. Yeah. It was, they, yeah. Both of them seem like they're in... The similar kind of I mean, visualization. I'd say don't watch this at like four thirty in the morning because it's yeah. a little too. Yeah, who would that. do that? Who knows? Yeah, Man, fucking crazy guys. Um, <laughs> we also watched uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Ah, uh, yeah, by the- Joe Berlinger, who also did the. He was the creator of Ted Bundy confession tapes. Oh, the Netflix. Oh, so he's done both. Yeah, two yeah, Ted yeah, Bundy yeah, yeah. Things. So I think Netflix approached. I don't know if this is true, but Netflix. I think Netflix. Netflix approached him during the making of the tape. Confession yeah, things because the Netflix one is a dog, yeah. But then the, the so, movie, I what I thought was funny is that like, um, the Zach Efron one, it kind of takes it feels like it takes liberties with the facts, but I guess he can do that because he made the, the fucking documentary. <laughs> That's so strange that he made a really serious Netflix documentary about yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And, and then, then he just made that, yeah. Um, Which kind of people lashed out about because it it was cut like a rom com. The trailer, right? Yeah. Well, the th- the thing with that is it it, sh- it has no action. There's no fucking action in that film. Really? Yeah. Which uh, some people that watched with were pissed about. Yeah. It was like, well, you know, this guy's a killer. What you're forgetting is that the fact that he's a killer. But because you have Zac Efron playing him, you're kind of sweet on him now. Yeah. So that's what. The, that's the challenge of so the movie so as a viewer you, you yeah, like, forget that he actually did these my sister grew sympathy for him I was like what the fuck <laughs> surely, surely that's surely that's potentially a good way to to play him because I, my understanding of Ted Bundy is um, yeah, obviously he was a serial killer but a lot yeah. of people liked him he was a good looking guy people mm. didn't see obviously we now know that he was a serial killer but at yeah, the time yeah. people thought he was this like great guy yeah that's I, the point when you mentioned that earlier when we were chatting that made me really want to watch it because I was like oh that's I'd cool I'd recommend it I mean uh, in UK who's ever in the UK um, Sky Movies has the, the rights to that, and apparently they grabbed them a long time ago. Um, whereas in the in US, for sure, Netflix has it. Right. So um, that's interesting. Who directed it again? Uh, Joe Berlinger. So he's worked for Netflix and Sky, or is like? Well, I, th- I think it's a Netflix. No, Netflix nabbed this movie. I think. Right. Yeah, because it was made through a different company. Netflix, Netflix nabbed the, the documentary. Or the no, movie. no, the. the um, Screamingly vile and yeah, I think evil. I think because okay, okay. it was I think it was being shoved around. Interesting, yeah. Um, that's about it. Yeah, and of course, Endgame. Endgame, we could talk about. We should do. We will. We are going to do the Russos on another on another pod. Yeah, their, their first their their first credit card <laughs> credit, credit card, card movie, which is like a. But I'm sure they paid summary, back right In now. summary, though, what what were your overall thoughts of it? Of the what the, of uh, Endgame? Oh, Endgame, great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's there's some. It's not perfect, but it's yeah. great. But yeah, oh, I, d- I mean, it's spoilers. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. It is good. It is three over three hours long. It's like three hours ten minutes or something. It's a long watch, and you have to plan your toilet breaks before you go. They got a lot to I back just in. Didn't, I did, just yeah. didn't go to this one. No, yeah, I made sure before that that I was drained. That was, <laughs> it was empty. They're done with an intermission, right? Oh, Ooh. go back. <laughs> yeah, we. Co- I, well, to be fair, we covered intermissions quite heavily on uh, on our Jim Cummings. Podcast intermission. Um, so we've got a new segment of the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've got yeah. a game. 
which um, oh fun, which well, we've which we've devised debut of the game on this the, episode. The date, right yeah, now. it's you never forget your first game. Yeah, <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> all of us have basically gone away and found a quote from a movie poster, which we're going to tell the other. Pod- the Podders. Bro- Bro- the Podders. <laughs> the other contestants. The other contestants. <laughs> and uh, they have to guess what movie it's from. So. We're doing this now, yeah? Yeah, we're doing it oh, now. Oh, we're doing it now. We can do it now. <laughs> okay, we're doing it Kick now. it off. Game on. Are- so <laughs> I've got, I've got, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't have know, it written down. you turned around your piece of paper. <laughs> okay, so the, so I've got one. Yeah. So the, the quote on the poster is, the only thing getting blown tonight is their cover. Um, nice guys? <laughs> No, no, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good genre area. <laughs> the, the only thing getting blown is their cover. So it's some kind of comedy. The only thing getting blown tonight is their cover. Jesus, come on, ask some questions. Like white, um, white chicks. So who's who's? No, that's a that's a that's good, a good that's a good yeah, guess. Wow. Yeah. And wow, uh, I almost wish it. Almost wish it was back. I almost wish it was that. Um, who's starring in it? Uh, or would that be too much of a giveaway? Uh, that I can't could, be a I, giveaway. Okay, uh, I, um, okay, one of the one of the actors who isn't the main cast is Ice Cube. Ice Cube and <laughs> is the cover. I should just tell you Friday or some I shit. I should just tell you. Oh, yeah. Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Do you, you want to know what the tagline for Twenty Two Jump Street is that I couldn't tell? I couldn't use because yeah, it'll give it away. It just says they're not Twenty One anymore. <laughs> okay, so Jonah Hill nice. wrote that fucking film, and he's he he's incredible. For fuck's sake! Yeah. Um, all right, that's me. Funnily enough, my my quote's actually got the word "blown" as well. Okay. <laughs> anyway, right. Um, in Vietnam, the wind doesn't blow; it sucks. Uh, apocalypse now. Good guess, but Deer no. Hunter. Nope. Uh, Good Morning Vietnam. No. So somber now. Say wait. Say it again. In Vietnam, the wind doesn't blow; it sucks. Platoon. No, you get it's a it's a big Vietnam film, and these are good guesses. But we were soldiers. No. Oh Leonard's. man, I'm trying to think. Now. Yeah, I'm trying to think I of just some Vietnam. Like run off a bunch of titles that mean fuck all. Who's starring in it? Yeah, give us a clue to one of the one of the actors. Doesn't have to be a main cast. Yeah, I mean, I went with Ice Cube. <laughs> I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know the um. I don't know the names <laughs> of the actors. Okay. Um, I think you might. You might. Have to I could give I could give you the director, yeah. but that will, you'll jump to it straight away. Okay. Really? Oh, I think so. I know. Who? Rescue Dawn. No. Oh. What? what? Christian Bale film. Yeah, no, I know the film. That do tagline does not. Yeah, do do maybe do it doesn't do want, work. Don't the clue, or shall I just tell you? Um, yeah, give us a clue. Give us a clue. Yeah. So it's Kubrick. Full oh, metal uh, jacket. Full metal jacket. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. That's the one. That was good. But I've definitely I've heard that tagline before, probably because I read it. Um, maybe the writer used it on another movie. <laughs> I just got it off the poster. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a good one. Um, B dog. Mine's very simple. Okay, um, and that's not because I'm lazy. Yeah, yeah, um, but no judgment. <laughs> Fair, fuck it. Um, work sucks. <laughs> yeah, you go. Horrible bosses. Nope. Uh, what's the one? What's office space? Sorry, I was drinking, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh! yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Champion. Well done. Well Damn. Done. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of any other movie that was like. Office, office based, based. 
like office so space. many like uh, that Christmas party movie no but like, like, in, like the whole plot seems yeah. to revolve around oh yeah, yeah no, like the scene when they go and beat up their computers <laughs> oh, that's to, like, so good <laughs> it's, been, it's been redone by Family Guy and a bunch of other yeah things. yeah for the original so one so great yeah oh man that was oh, um, good game yeah let's play again yeah <laughs> <laughs> round two <laughs> yeah good okay oh, oh yeah we're, we're here for the we're here for another reason yeah the director today is Ryan Coogler who has directed three films as of this recording of this podcast. He's done Fruitvale Station, Creed, and Black Panther. As we found out earlier, he's 33 years old. He's no, about he's 32 to be. He's years 32. old. He's about to be, as of this recording, he's, he's going to be. His birthday's on the 23rd of May. I don't know why we're mentioning this, but it's being, it's being mentioned. It's been done now, and you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Happy birthday. <laughs> but his very first movie as has been mentioned, is Fruitvale Station, which came out in 2013 and is a great, great movie based on a real... Great debut. Great debut. Based on a real... um, Real... uh, Life event. event. Yeah. Real events. Real event. Um, Real real footage as well. Yeah. So it was... It's um, it's basically... The movie is uh, based on this event, which is this guy called Oscar Grant, who was, I think... The third... Oscar Grant III, who was 22 years old, was killed by police. It was kind of tragically shot in Fruitvale Station on New Year's Eve 2008. New Year's Day, I think. Like, uh, yeah, because yeah, they were coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, New Year's 2009. Eve, New Year's Day, 2009. <laughs> yeah. And the killing was kind of widely publicized because it was filmed on phones from other people from the train, and um, which we'll ch- chat on about later but it's actually found it's the real footage has found its way into the into the movie but the film is basically chronicles his last day isn't it it yeah. kind of is yeah, from yeah, yeah. The, the, the 24 hours or yeah, whatever. 24, 24 hours, hours before really. yeah. yeah Um. so it's a pretty powerful it's a powerful movie and it's a powerful debut so that combination together is kind of quite, yeah. quite knockout it's powerful in the sense that <clears throat> it humanizes him so much so because Essentially, when you look at these films, when f- films in general, they, they usually re- revolve around, I don't know, the lead saving the world or some shit. Mm. Whereas this is kind of the opposite. This is the world kind of Come to making, an end. coming to an end for yeah. him. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's very much, um, it is like a day in the life. Well, not a day in the life, but you know, no, it does it just is, follow him yeah. over, well, yeah, over the course yeah, of a day. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah I, I really enjoyed it. So when I, I don't know about you guys, but when I first watched it, I didn't actually know anything about what it was about yeah. I just you recommended it I was like I give it a watch yeah. so when it, so at the beginning there's the, the real life footage I was like wow um, this is uh, so this is a lot anyway so yeah. the film went so, on and then then, we should say the footage is is of a is is of the shooting yeah. isn't it it's yeah, yeah. someone filming it on their phone yeah. of kind of of the real life event so, so I watched it and um, I was you know, I just got engrossed in the kind of his family relationships and stuff in the story and then when it actually came to the incident in the film when they get off the train yeah um Spoilers, but the, um, no, no, I, <laughs> we get way too late. Yeah, spoilers, no, I was um, no, I, it just took me off guard. I was like, Christ, yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, really good. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I mean, I knew uh, by the time I watched it, I avoided. This. Funny say, funny thing you say, you watched it and didn't know what it was about. I avoided watching this film for like five years mm. because I knew exactly what it was about. So yeah. um, I I knew it was like sensitive topic and. Yeah, you know, it's it's heavy. It's from the start. It's, it's a heavy movie. Yeah. Definitely. No way. No other way to look at this. Um, but yeah, like you, like Luke just said, definitely, it it puts you into his shoes so much so that you forget what's about to happen. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. 
I think it's um I think what's interesting is the kind of the marrying of Kugler and the story because he is from the Bay Area in San Francisco. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is where this takes place and where I think Oscar Grant was from as well. So I think he he knew about the story when it actually happened in 2000 and end of 2008. He heard about it in the news. Yeah, I mean he I think he was in I think he, he this was 2009. So he must have been like just about graduating. Yeah. U- USL USC. C, USC. Yeah, USC. Um so and I know that so basically for for the longest time um basing on interviews and stuff uh he this was exactly the movie that he wanted to make like no nothing else would 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 do it for him so um so through through that he definitely delved into the story what he didn't want to use is the actual real footage yeah um, i heard about this yeah so it, it's it's weird he wanted to be as real as possible but yet avoid avoid the the shootings and you know he wanted to hum- humanize him for which he did well of course um but you know you, it's almost that he didn't want to touch on the fact that the inev- inevitable happened which i i think if you do that it's it takes away from the story and you know from the 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 sad fact of what actually, what did actually happened happen. yeah i did read a, a really interesting thing which was um that i think uh kugler had He's, he went to the Sundance Labs thing, oh, yeah. which so, is where you can yeah, kind yeah. of up and coming filmmakers it. can come and develop their scripts and show them to, to other filmmakers. And uh, one of the notes that he got from that was to was to try and use the real footage at the start. I remember reading, I mean, obviously I've read this, but the, I think Kugler was against using the real footage because he didn't he didn't want to show anything yeah. out there. So he wanted you to go in and, and just not know what this was about. Yeah. yeah. But um, it was actually his editor's editor who who really pushed to put it in and he was saying uh that it was a great decision but he kind of looked at it when he looked back at it he was saying that when you uh, similarly to what um sparrow said like when you go and watch the film you see the footage you have no idea who this guy is you have no idea of the situation you just see this this well you kind of hear this guy get shot yeah and you're like oh that's you know that's crazy but you have you're sort of not invested in it whereas when you come back to it later on like Sparrow saying when you actually go through the journey of like understanding who he was you, re- and like, you realise what's going to happen You re- yeah you realise it and actually it's even more hard hitting yeah, because yeah. and I think there's just a nice commentary at the start of like you know it's it's um you're just kind of you're just seeing someone that you don't really know that's that's being harmed yeah it's it's weird so it's weird how those things affect you right like so it's a bit um so at the beginning of the film mm. you, you see this you don't see you don't see him because there's a crowd around it i don't think yeah. you see the uh, oscar himself actually get shot yeah. a bunch bunch of people around it yeah. um and it's also a kind of policeman's on top of him yeah yeah, yeah. so it's, bit, it's not like it's, a, a kind of um yeah yeah it's not like it's a bit like a double tap so the, the first time it hits you you're like oh shit this is heavy a little bit but then so it hit by the point you watch the whole movie and see see it again, you kind of get angry about it now. Yeah. So you have a visceral reaction now. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed the way the movie was put together, yeah. um, and obviously did its thing and extracted the emotions that it wanted yeah. clearly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, and it set. I think the footage at the start just sets it sets the tone for what's ultimately gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah. gonna be the conclusion of the film. Um, but I, I, I was when I was doing research, I was, I was seeing that. Um, which I which I was amazed at is um well well I suppose what I found out was that um Kugler really wanted to make this movie but he had to approach the family to get it 
made. Oh yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. they they were actually a bit hesitant about it. Yeah, but he had to kind of sell himself as like I'm from the Bay Area and like I've no guys like him. Like I know like what the story. Like I'm the guy to tell the story. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting that you you that kind of part of like debut films. I don't know if we've maybe ex- explored that yet on the pod because we haven't found anyone else that has done that. But just that kind of like you've got to sell yourself to get it. Yeah, if it's to a per- get it if made. It's someone else's personal. St- yeah, but also yeah, like if you're family, passionate yeah. about being like you know that you should tell it. Well, what's you, know, you should be the one. So what's interesting, obviously, is he could have what the route he could have done is actually just uh change names change change few facts about it still mm. made the same kind of film yeah cuz um and then you know just not honor the fact that it was the family still alive and there's pro- cuz there's protests going on around it his yeah. uh, Oscar's daughter is kind of like leading the protest and yeah. you know and um and stuff like that so um, yeah he could have done that but that's very honorable of him as a filmmaker not to just poach the story yeah. just to make him a career out of it because you know it's a touchy thing. A lot, yeah. You know, it's almost yeah, yeah. an Oscar baity film. I yeah. Think, I think the screenplay was nominated for, was considered like for put up for consideration. So. What, what we should also mention is, um, I, I don't. I'm, I'm sure you guys figured this uh, like found this out, but um, Forrest Whitaker was a big voice in. Oh yeah, 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 it yeah, come yeah. To the screen. Yeah. So I think Kugler, he was saying he came out of like class at USC and then like had this meeting with Forrest Whitaker, like. It's not a bad place to be. Yeah, like <laughs> he basically pitched the movie and the idea. And like, I had Forrest seen one of his shorts. Yeah, he'd seen lots. So he kind of already, yeah, right. yeah. And um, which we'll come on to talk about later. And uh, and then he just he kind of pretty much was like, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, yeah. which is definitely like skyrockets. It's a bit like Harvey Keitel coming on to Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs, Dogs, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, like a name, a name coming on, and yeah, yeah, and then yeah. other actors see that name and want to be part of it. Yeah. Obviously, Octavia Spencer joined the cast. She did, and she She's was executive, Wonder, who's executive his mum, producer. Yes, she was a. a um, she definitely KP. got the funding when it fell through. Apparently. Yeah. So, um, makes sense. I'm just it's obviously a story that was that was important to everyone involved to tell it. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, certainly when speaking of it now in 2019, it's still you know still as relevant now as it was then. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's the the movie does such a good job of like humanizing him. So what what I loved about this film, and I think weirdly actually, what maybe some of its very few critics have come out and said, but I think in 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 general, it does make it paints him as a normal person. He's he's you know he's like he's a normal guy. He's not perfect. He's like a yeah, slightly yeah, flawed individual. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of things that happen in the film that kind of show that. But I really liked that because it just, it made him three-dimensional. Definitely. And if, uh, like, so before coming to the podcast today, I was reading the script for it. And so throughout the film, once again, spoilers, but I think we're <laughs> a little late now. Yeah. I actually, I read a scene of the script and I thought it was so well written. When you actually read it, it's like... Interesting. Just... Interesting how you say that. I'm not saying it was badly written. Yeah. But I've I've got other reservations about okay. it. Um, okay. 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 <laughs> um, sorry. Oh yeah, we'll just just quickly pick up on the point you mentioned about um, how he's not, um, you know, he's not a, a, the perfect guy. He's yeah. got flaws. It's one of the things I took from it was, and I'm not sure how. I think it probably was quite close to the truth, but it was his. He's trying to do good the whole way through the film, mm-hmm. um, but it actually like what leads in the film, what partly leads to the incident is the fight, yeah, um, which is linked to his past yeah so if he hadn't had a kind of criminal past yeah potentially i know it's like you're it's linking this together but 
in the film it's the guy he he met in prison right yeah who, who, he, the, who has a fight with, yeah, 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 punch yeah, with yeah. yeah um and then that obviously leads to the fight to the yeah. arrest or yeah, the arrest, yeah. But. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It's definitely a scene. There's a scene in the film where he remembers, you know, the outburst in the. That scene's. I found that quite harrowing. That yeah, whole prison. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the prison. Scene. Yeah. Especially with when his, the mum starts walking away and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, tough love. It yeah, was, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you're you were mentioning the script. Yeah. So, in, so in the script, it's kind of touching on the point that Luke just uh, said. Um, it, there's a scene where he comes back after, you know, where. He throws away the Ziploc bag full of weed yeah. uh, into the river, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is the turning point of him actually consciously making the change. Yeah. So he goes, he goes to see um, to see his girlfriend uh, back to her grandma's house, and they kind of t- and he this is where he fesses up that he's been fired for hiding it for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then he and then she says something along the lines of, um, "Oh, and so w- what have you been doing for the last two weeks? Selling shit or?" Yeah. Um, or, or who, up, whoever you've been yeah, doing yeah yeah exactly because yeah. that, that that's at the beginning of the movie as well so yeah. that mistrust that. Yep. Um, so and then he's like nope not selling anything uh, I threw the Ziploc away and she's like so you don't have a job and <laughs> you threw the Ziploc away <laughs> I, wa- I want to slap you in the yeah. face right now just like it's the circumstances that keep you know it's not necessarily his past that obviously that it's the event, event that leads to to the climax, but yeah. it's it's everything around him that kind of just keeps it's, it's like dropping a wet towel over you just again and again, and you know yeah. he he constantly makes good decisions mm-hmm. like, and then the person he he tries the most to fess up that he's been fired and stuff. <laughs> She's like, I want to slap you in the face for for throwing for not selling weed. But basically. she also loves the yeah, act yeah, of yeah. that because it shows that yeah, he's yeah. Changing. She calms down and, and it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, makes sense. Also on that scene, I I read that um. Kugler said when they filmed that scene that it just wasn't really working and they even tried like a bit of improv between yeah. um um the act uh, both actors and they basically just found it wasn't really gelling so what he did was he him I think uh Fina is it yeah Safina Safina um the actual real Safina was like a, someone who he contacted and talked talked yeah. to about the film and she actually she said something to him which was like uh, me and Oscar were were best friends before we dated so we were friends before we ever kind of yeah, yeah, went yeah. out and he then what he did was he then went back to that scene and basically said to them I, I don't want you to play it like you're romantically together like I want you to play it like you're best friends and he said as soon as he did that the whole scene worked because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because basically there's a level yeah. of you know like there's a level of trust between best friends which yeah. I think is maybe that you wouldn't necessarily speak to things certain things about to, to your I think, loved one I think, yeah I think that's what he was saying Definitely I think he worked. was saying that some people are lucky enough to end up with their best friend and someone that they're romantically involved in yeah. and that was the situation here and that was what I just thought that was, it was an interesting yeah. change of direction yeah yeah absolutely because like it's, it's funny when you you know uh, you think like he's had this a very successful debut film and then went on to have even more successful career mm. and then you think about these moments where he can't make a scene work so he like reaches out to the actual the people actual person or just other people to to like how can i make this work yeah you know so it's interesting it just shows how how filmmaking is such a collaborative effort yeah it really is definitely i think even more so on a film like this where it is a real event yeah, yeah, you're yeah absolutely you're trying to like bring in you know the truth out of it into onto the screen yeah i mean I just want to touch up on the on the budget here. So yeah. it, it so it's nine hundred thousand under a million, mm-hmm. um, and Ryan Coogler has made three feature films, right? Yeah. So Fruit Fruitvale Station, 
900,000. Yeah. Um, then you've got Creed. Uh, Creed, which was, I think it was about 20. It was mid-level. Okay. So I think, yeah. So 20 million? 20, 20 to 30 million. Basically. Okay. And then you've got Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. Which was what, like? Well, like 90 probably million? Probably or more. Over, sure. Probably yeah. over. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, So he's... Very quickly, he's <laughs> yeah. he's had to you know step up his game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's and, been a it's been a busy few years for him. Yeah, and I mean, he's definitely so his direction obviously has increased. Oh, sorry, just remember this fact. Uh, so Creed, right? Mm. That's a Sylvester Stallone franchise. Yeah, everyone knows it for it, right? Uh, but actually, the story for Creed he had written way before they even commissioned him uh, to to actually do the film. Wow. So, as, as in, as a continuation of the Rocky franchise. Yeah, yeah. He'd written it as that. So, yeah, he's he's written it kind of like about his relationship with his own dad. Yeah. And Rocky was his dad's favorite film. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he... Oh, okay. Weird twist which, of fate. Or which maybe, also makes yeah. sense why maybe he didn't come back to Creed 2. Yeah. Um, because it, it... So Creed now is way more of a personal story for him, just as much as Rocky was for Sylvester Stallone back in 76. Yeah, that's a great comparison, actually. Um, so... You know, when you're like, because um, Creed, it made, it made money, it was Oscar nominated. Yeah. Um, so why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you come back to Creed too, right? But yeah. then it's like, it, it shows that he's, he, he, his workings in his brain is, is way different. It's, it's it's still all about the story. Yeah. And he's told the story he needed to tell yeah. with Creed. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think Panther was a good, was a great kind of film to step up to. Definitely. You know. And um, funny, funny thing, Stallone apparently didn't trust... Um, um, Kugler and jo- Michael B. Jordan to re- restart his franchise. Wow. So Kugler and jo- Jordan were really on set every day just really showing that they're working. Yeah, like yeah. They're, they're plucking, plucking real hard. I saw, I saw a thing with Stallone where he said he'd never, um, never or barely ever worked with another director that was that was as focused yeah. as, as Kugler. Yeah, he just yeah, said yeah. he's just like razor sharp. He knows what he wants. He's yeah. just going to go in and get it. Which I suppose he kind of respects him for yeah maybe and Stallone, let's be honest the Rocky franchise was in tatters <laughs> boy boy that Rocky <laughs> fire really shakes yeah. um, Sparrow you haven't seen Creed yet have you I haven't but, seen Creed I've seen the uh, the original Rockies which isn't that relevant to this now Creed so I've, seen, I've, seen, I've, seen Black, I've seen Black Panther yeah and Creed, Creed is a great movie yeah yeah, yeah. If, if, if anyone listening hasn't seen it is I, I, I was sceptical initially because I was like this is another Rocky movie. Well, like, yes, me- it's a different take, but like, you know, as soon as you start watching it, you're like, this is, it's as gripping as, as sounds like a very, very good spin-off from a well-known franchise because some of these spin-offs. The are- thing is, yeah, some of the spin-offs end up just being, yeah, bad. It's like, from- um, I don't want to compare Rocky franchise to Transformers, please, but don't. I'll have to. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Stallone. Um, but so you have this uh, Rocky franchise that's gone off the rails. Then you have Transformers, which also started fine enough. Yeah, the first one was, you yeah, know. Yeah, it was dope. Yeah. But then it went off the rails with when Mark and Mark joined, joined yeah. the crew, right? Well, I think long before then, but well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Debatable. <Yeah. laughs> um, but then you have, so now you have Bumblebee, a spin-off uh, of Transformers for this new generation. Yeah. Right? Much with Rock uh, Creed. Yeah. This this is, now I'm interested again. I wondered again. Where, the, where you were going with this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was yeah. it that long-winded? <laughs> no, yeah, you're, you're like reinvigorated to, exactly. to go back There's, in the franchise. Yeah, it, so Creed touches on, on um, issues that like our generation kind of grew up with or or maybe much more, is much more relevant to us yeah. than fucking 1976s. Yeah, yeah, know? definitely. Um, so uh, for me, as soon as I heard that, you know, 
it's going to be Creed and it's going to be about Apollo's son. I was like, yes. Because Apollo, Apollo in, in Rocky series is, is such a cat. Yeah. Carl he, Weathers. Yeah, 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 man. Jesus. You were saying the other day about this Rocky trainer Oh, well, this thing. is just silly. Cause I was, in, the first, in the first five films, just tracking the trainers. That is in the, the guys who coach Rocky. Yeah. So it starts off, Rocky has a coach called Mickey. Yeah. Like Apollo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mickey then dies and Apollo coaches Rocky. Then Apollo dies and Apollo's coach coaches Rocky. <laughs> so by the end... <laughs> By the end, um, it's the guy who was coaching his nemesis in the first film, yeah. coaching him. That's a great. That's good. It's a cool little story move, I think, as well. Definitely. I mean, also, uh, so Rock, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Wait, we are going off the rails. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we'll bring him back in a second. Uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, directed four of Rocky pictures. So was it the first four, or was it um, one, two? Yeah, it might have been the first yeah, four. Actually. Probably. Um, yeah, because yeah, the fifth one was just fucking that. That was appalling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. That's probably why he didn't trust it so much. But yeah. also, what is, fuck. <laughs> um, sorry, but I just want to say the advice that uh, Celeste Sloan gave to Ryan Coogler. Yep. So this is kind of relevant now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, bring, back, bring on, we're back, back on track. Bring it back. <laughs> we're back in the um, ring. We're back in the ring. See, his, his, Celeste Sloan's view on action films is like musicals. He's like, it builds up so motion that what in musicals they do, it they start break off into a song. In action films, they build up so motion that what they do is uh, they break into a fight, which after no one, no nobody is the same. Yeah. So that's a that's an interesting comparison. That interesting the way he saw those two things, yeah. which are very. Uh, oh, this is the reason why I mentioned this is because uh, uh, the action in Black Panther. Yeah, this this is why he, yeah, yeah. he kind of had trouble with it because because he's not an action director. Not really. I mean, he had a lot of good stunt uh, coordinators yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Stallone's advice. So although he didn't trust him, Stallone yeah. gave him advice. <laughs> yeah. So so you guys have seen all three of Kugler's films. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is his best out of the three he's done? That's a really good question. All three are so fucking different. Yeah, and they're all really good yeah like they're they're all tackle their subject matter and they in a really i feel like in an original kind of in original way with a solid story yeah yeah you're, you're right i mean and also um culturally they they also tackle very different aspects yeah so fruit of station is obviously the police brutality yeah then creed so creed living, living up to your living up to your father's expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you've got family. Black Panther, which is basically S- a similar kind of thing. It's got the family it's element. It's got the family Definitely element. Definitely family element. But if you look at the bigger picture here, is the fact that an all African American kind of experience now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah. So apparently, so before taking on Black Panther, he said he'd never been to Africa. Um, I read this. Yeah. Yeah. So he took that trip, and after that, he kind of because he was apparent on the fence. It's only after the trip that he was convinced that he wants to make the story. I suppose there's also, it's su- like you were saying earlier, it's such a big jump. Like it's such a big jump yeah, to yeah, go yeah. from Creed to, to Panther. It would have, it's, yeah. But back onto Fruitvale. Um, you didn't actually choose a favourite. I, I avoided the question because I couldn't, I couldn't make my mind up. Same. I, I, would, I would probably say Creed. Creed? Interesting. I, fa- I rewatched Creed. Creed was on TV recently and I rewatched it and I was reminded of how much Really, it was re- like how much it affected me when I watched it, and how much I really liked it. Interesting you say but that. It's not again. to di- not uh, his other movies are amazing. So Creed. So like I said, he had a story before he signed on. Yeah. Um. So Fruitvale so before Sylvester Stallone lectured him about musicals. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Goddamn Stallone. Um. Sly. Goddamn. <laughs> you got a damn. Um. So Fruitvale Station. 
it's although it's written by him, it's not his story. Yeah, Creed is his story, although gelled with uh, Rocky franchise. Yeah, and then Black Panther was written by I think it's Joe Robert Cole. Yeah, and co-written and with Coogler as well. Coogler, still yeah. not his sole story. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so it makes it. It's interesting you say Creed because that is you know that is the most out of, the, out the of most, these is the most p- personal story. Yeah, yeah, so, that's true. You know, I will agree with you. <laughs> and you, so and you haven't seen Creed. I need to see Creed. Yeah, the pod favorite. Yeah, get in and we'll uh, we'll chat about it on the next episode. Yeah, part two. Um, one thing I, I I really like about this film, it, the film is about Oscar Grant's last day. So everything that he does, which in a way is seemingly insignificant, he drives around. Oh, yeah. He he, uh, goes, he does, he does this kind shop. of botched drug deal. He goes he to tries, the shop. He tries to get his job back. He tries to get his job back. It's, it's all kind it's of him. It's his like um. He's it's him trying to get his life back on track. With yeah. The, you know the the all keeps getting And yes, it's mundane stuff. It's mundane. But when it comes under the microscope this much, I feel like it, it has this kind of. But that's why it's more relatable though. Yeah. Everyone has these. these everyone does these problems. These, these, these kind of you know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I think a very good choice to have that, like, just the last twenty-four hours of, of his life, and then that culminates into this, you into know. the evening. Yeah, yeah. I loved the um, cinematography and the way that they told it. Like, I felt it was very natural. I felt like it was very naturally lit, and I also felt like the um, the camera kind of had its own. It, the whole movie, in a way, it just felt a little bit dreamlike. Yeah. So yeah, right. Maybe it's because you're you're looking back and it's this guy's last day. You know. Interesting to say it's dreamy because so Kugler wanted real and the uh, the cinematographer yeah. uh, Rachel Morrison. Yep. She she wanted uh, much more like a dreamy, dreamy. So they managed to yeah, they kind well. of met in the middle. Yeah, they met, definitely met in the middle. So uh, also she, I think she did Black Panther as well. She did. Might have even done Creed. She is the. Only female to be nominated for the cinematography Oscar, I believe. Really? Is that for Black, so. Black Panther? For Black Panther. Oh, I mean, I think so. Oh, right, right. I mean, I think the, the year before for that film, uh, mud, 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 mud. With mud? McConaughey? No, no, not, not definitely. McConaughey? Not. Uh, Mudbound. Yes. She was nominated for that. Oh wow, well, okay, so maybe it was maybe both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Rachel Morrison, cinematographer, is. Is um definitely a shout out to her. Yeah, a shout out. I did read that she had had a a personal loss in her own life. I'm not sure what that is, but she that's what connected her to the story, and perhaps that's what helped tell it in the most authentic way. Yeah, she had that connection, which I really like because I sometimes think cinematographers get they, they kind of get lauded with all the tech stuff, like when people talk about it. Yeah, like actually, there's they they are they do have emotional connections to stories because they're creating the visuals that tell them. I mean, they have they have to have that connection to They have to, to trust the director yeah. and so does the director has to trust the cinematographer itself. Yeah. So probably, you know, knowing about... It's a clo- she, one of the closest working relationships yeah, in yeah. set, isn't it? Yeah, that she su- so she suffered a loss for Ryan Coogler. This is the person to tell the story because she is kind of invested in now. Yeah. And uh, so when speaking even about Black Panther, he was like, he wanted all cast and crew not necessarily all cast, but definitely uh, crew to have as much skin in the game for this film to make it a success so that, you know, they are representing this film. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely interesting how he chooses his crew and, you know, yeah, cast, I, I can't say, but yeah, definitely crew. Yeah. But it's, well, actually talking about cast and crew, it's worth talking about uh, Michael B. Jordan, the guy definitely who plays worth it. Oscar Grant. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was really good. Yeah, really good. He's in, he's in Creed. He 
he is in Creed and in Black Panther. Right, okay. Yeah, he's in all his movies. So there, yeah. yeah good I, I think there. he'd done a lot of work, but but Fruitvale was a sort of breakout role for him and yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. for Coogler as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, so let's not forget he did Chronicle. <laughs> he did do Chronicle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is still great, but not for this episode either way. Yeah. Um, yeah, he definitely, because obviously this film won top jury prizes in Sundance. Mm. Fruitvale Station. Um, so, along with that, B. Jordan's career started, you know, building as well. Yeah. Um, kind of leaves even over ba- Fantastic Four, which whew, Jesus. Um, <laughs> wow, you just made a Chronicles connection again. Yeah. <laughs> Not for this episode. <laughs> um, sorry, lost. Uh, yeah. yeah I, so I took you off path there. So Mike Michael's um career kind of jumped leaps and bounds as much as Kugler's, right? Because Michael B. Jordan is top star now. Like, yes, yeah. he's, he's producing. He's, like a, he's producing his own movies now. Yeah, um, and Kugler much the same. He's like producing Space Jam. He's got a couple more movies yeah, lined yeah. up and stuff. Yeah. So it's interesting how both of those, uh, as much as a cast and crew yeah. director, yeah, yeah. Um, how both of those careers fucking skyrocketed like yeah. that. Yeah. And I, I always love the like actor director relationships like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they get on, when they, they get, get on, on. Yeah, obviously you got Nolan, Christian Bale. Um, you got Scorsese, Al Pacino, yeah, yeah, De Niro. Um, what do you guys think about the like? What do you think the significance was of these like random encounters that happen in the film? So you know, you have the encounter at the um, at the store with that girl who he lends his phone to to talk to his grandma. Yeah, do you yeah remember yeah. her? Who he later sees on the train. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have the dog scene, which, it's- and you also then have another scene, which I will remember. With him, what when the girls go to go to to the toilet to the bathroom? Oh the yeah, end, that uh, was really good. The guy standing with the guys like yes. giving him the card and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah, a great yeah. scene. Yeah, I love that. What yeah. do you think about these kind of random scenes? Because I, I suppose they. For, I was just going to say for me. I mean, actually, I'm not going to answer my own question. You answer the question. <laughs> okay, I'll take a stab at it. can take a stab at it. No, the um, yeah, I mean the the one that really jumped out was the the guy he met when the girls go to the toilet yeah um and I just loved how it, it it was a nice little loop round so obviously he tried to get his job back out in the film yeah. couldn't get it and then this kind of like he doesn't get a job but it's kind of like it's you know, like aspirational yeah, yeah, it's like well if you know if you you know I started a business and if you kind of you know he gives him his card it's it's like a you know it's a, yeah. it's a line it's a it's something yeah so yeah 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 exactly so although although random these things seem in the film yeah. when you look back at them it's it's portraying his own selfless now selflessness yeah so he like he calls his grandma like who does that in a store (laughs) (laughs) yeah and she talks to her for ages yeah yeah. Yeah, exactly um then so he's been selfless there then he cares for that dog he takes him off the of this uh he puts him on a sidewalk yeah you don't touch a dead dog bro (laughs) just don't do that yeah um so that's one of the things and then that last bit you know uh, the last one you talked about is yeah. uh, another act of like selflessness because he's no longer thinking about himself uh, he, he does the things he wants to do like sell weed or whatever just get yeah. quick money yeah. he's, he's thinking about um, uh, Fina and uh, Tatiana his daughter yeah. and the fact that you know it's like he's trying to make this change himself. now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. although random these make they make sense and they're quite everyday I think they add to the everydayness of, of it like it's yeah. it's not unusual to have these an, people yeah it's not like, unusual to have an encounter like yeah. that yeah also, one thing I did notice is is uh, throughout the film, at least throughout the first half of this film, um, is that he lies. He li- flat out lies a lot. Yeah. He lies about him getting the job back because when, uh, when his boy says behind the counter, he's like, oh, how'd it go? He didn't mean about the girl. 
yo, he knew how that went. He was talking about how because he saw him talking to to his boss, Emmy, uh, his boss. Yeah. Right. So he's like, oh, it's it's all good. As in, he got the job back. Then he lied about him still working there for the fact he's to to Fina, so Fina. Um, so throughout here, he keeps lying. He also lied to his uh, when he was drug dealing. Well, he wasn't drug dealing because he didn't sell anything. Um, but he's he's like, oh, I sold the the zip bag to a white boy. Yeah, he didn't do that. He he threw that out after. Yeah. Right. Yes. So yeah, he yeah, kept yeah. lying. He kept lying until and until he started. He confessed all that to Safina later. Yeah. As uh, seen later, basically. Um. Until then, things kept slapping in the face. Mm. I'm I'm not sure if this was on purpose structurally, but after he kind of has that catharsis moment where he he lets lets it all off the, off his chest, he's more open now. Yeah. To opportunities and those opportunities do come to him. Yeah. As much as those opportun- like he, like opportunities saying, that he didn't want, such as the fight at the end, and he's thinking about um, his family. Yeah, yeah, because he, he can't he can't just keep lying. Yeah, because they will there's consequences. I mean, he lies also. Just bringing it back to the prison scene, he lies to his mum, or at least he avoids the truth. Yes. So you know, the prison uh, scene was is I think pretty integral as a. Fl- it's the only flashback in the film, and um, well, that's the only connection to the end of his life. Yeah. To any real connection, basically, yeah. the eventuality of it. Um, so, and I think, it, although, yeah, it showed who who the person who, like, let's say, the nemesis is at the end of the film. Yeah, it shows his relation to his mom even more now because although through the phone, cause there's a lot of phone conversation. By the way, if you know, know yeah. Also, can I just say the way that they did text, like texting in this film, I thought was so cool. It's but, written as dialogue. No, but it's, yeah, but it's in just the way it visually was shown. Yeah, 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 it yeah, kind of yeah, came yeah. up in this really cool way next to him. I've I've seen like a lot of Liam Neeson movies, like I think Nonstop or something, where it's all based. <laughs> oh, fuck. All, no, wait, wait, but like, no, no, it's in like in Nonstop. He, I didn't think he, this was gonna come up. Liam Neeson. Yeah, he texts a lot in Nonstop, and the, the way they show it in that film gets and quite old irritating. Man a lot. He's on a flight. He needs to find a killer. They, he has his number, so they text an awful lot. They text nonstop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, my basically my point was is that just just from the off, I noticed because he uses his phone and he texts every now and then, and it just the way it was visually done was I just thought was I nice. F- I feel like that. I don't. I can't really explain it. It was like it was I, just. I know what you mean. Naturally it's, done somehow. It's just that I feel like he had that in his head from, from from the point of writing as well, because in the script it's written as dialogue. So dialogue in in scripts is usually in the middle of the, of the page. Yeah. Right. So it it was written as that. So like mobile phone. Um, I love you, mum. Right, so yeah. he knew that you would see it. As yeah, a, he knew if that no you one's speaking it, it then you're yeah, seeing exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. So he was definitely thinking about it from from that point on. Um, I cut in to talk about this mobile phone thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking about the the prison scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I I pers- I th- I I was quite affected by that scene. I thought it was quite. Um, this whole movie just affects you. Yeah, shit. the whole film does, but yeah. that scene, especially when she walks off. Yeah, but she walks away. That's the she tells him like it's the last time I'm coming to see you now. Yeah. And and he kind of retorts back with like he he has an attitude about it. He's like, oh yeah, this is the last time I'll be here as well. Like as in I'll, I'm not going to do this again. Which is another lie. That's she feel she thinks is another lie. Regardless, but she's trying to be a good mother. And yeah, just yeah, teach yeah, exactly. Him. So yeah. she just kind of walks away as he gets. I think it's a great scene because it it rises in tension so well at the start it seems very like it's a wholesome moment like someone comes to visit you in prison it should be a a great thing for you but as it gets antagonised by that guy walking past it just rises and then I just felt like it was it just had that unexpected conclusion where she walked away yeah Yeah. the thing is with that it kind of 
although you may not feel it, it the stakes rise at that point because then you know his drug dealing isn't just about the money it's about keeping the relationship with his mum so if he fucks up again he knows he won't have one right so yeah it, in this in this kind of real world where like the world doesn't end for anybody else his could potentially end if he does keep selling drugs is you know so yeah definitely uh, like those small nuances that raise the stakes for this kind of emotionally driven film so, yeah. so it, it was very well done going back to Creed I think that's that was the strength of Creed as well was that there were just these little nuances in these scenes yeah, that yeah, yeah. really added something else to it. Yeah. it was, it's not just, you know, what you're seeing is not exactly what is exactly happening. There's always yeah, this yeah, exactly. great There's underlining that will, you know, that, that will definitely play, I will pay off later or this is now uh, where the bar is. I'm going to shout out to the score um, of this movie. I thought it was really, really good. It was sort of a bit melancholy and dreamlike. The very end song, which I'm not sure if you guys remember, but it's like it's 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 done by Ludwig Göransson, who I think has done a couple of other movies. He's becoming quite a big composer, but um, yeah, it just had like a good. Ludwig. It was like hopeful and sad at the same time. It just had a really cool little guitar riff, which I just was good, and and bits of it played like you know when he chased his daughter and it's yeah. in slow motion. Well, things like the score, I think, really um for me, it kind of puts you um what's the word puts you off puts you off guard. Yeah. Um. Because it may well for me. It was like those those bits with his daughter are like quite quite nice and sweet. And then obviously the score kind of builds like builds yeah. up on that. Just want to yeah. just want to say that. So keeping it in the family, <laughs> Ludwig Göransson. Yeah. Uh, Göransson, uh, has also been the composer of Creed, Creed Two, and Black Panther. Oh, there you go. And also Avengers: Infinity War, and Jim Kimmel. <laughs> he was a composer on Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because they played the the panther tune in it yeah I think they credit everyone like who yeah. has their like entry moment Captain America or whatever I didn't stay for the end game credits but they must have been the longest film credits <laughs> did not fucking stay <laughs> I know it was just like <laughs> clamoring off some hammer I don't know yeah do they have a um, uh, what's it called a sting in the credits you what, know where they uh, show they show like a little clip at the end of the credits no on this one they didn't because no. they kind of they the said end. it's kind of like the end yeah. yeah well they didn't yeah they didn't know like what the fuck we're going to do next yeah, yeah, yeah which I suppose is uh, I don't know which is fair I mean is, for, for Russo's what is this the third film with Don on yeah, fourth, with fourth Winter Soldier Civil War Infinity War and Endgame yeah so you yeah. know for them it's like yeah it's, of, the, it's the end yeah it's the end definitely of the, for them it's the end of the line pretty penny in, anyway it's going back to um, the Cougs. So, Sparrow, you were saying earlier when when it actually got to the actual shooting in the film, yeah. you'd kind of at that point maybe forgotten about the original footage. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I, yeah. What, so, I walked, like I said, I, I didn't know what the film was about. I watched the film. There's the footage at the beginning. I was like, mm. oh, right, took me back. Um, watched the film. And you um, just weren't expecting yeah, that. Yeah, it just well, when they when they got off the um when the when the police turned up on the platform, I was like, ah, okay, right, this is what happened at the beginning. Mm. But until that point, right, because they, they also they celebrate on the train and stuff with New Year, and I still hadn't picked it up. I was just like, that was really funny when that it. guy brought out the speaker. Well, and they had, my, my they had favorite, their little party in my the, favorite, oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah, bit dope. is when that guy's yeah the guy's dancing like bopping his head <laughs> yeah. on the train. That's that's a great scene actually. Yeah. The, the train but scene. even that scene, thinking about it now, it it it, it heightens up the. This is a good time. Yeah. Like it's good vibes. You know, we're all yeah. It's like it's a celebration. Yeah. Well, you you were talking about how the the cop when the cops come on the station, there's kind of one big burly cop yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a big guy yeah so yeah so I, I thought that I forget because I've seen him in other films as well that the, the main cop in inverted commas mm. um, but he um, 
but obviously he's not the one who who shoots him. It's no. another another cop. I don't he he almost yeah. kind of just calms the situation down. Who the the tall guy? Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, well, it, made a good point earlier, which was like you you kind of think it's gonna it's gonna be him. It might be this yeah. more well, he, more at, imposing character well, at, the, at the beginning before. He's like really antagonistic. He he's being a dick. Yeah. Like the yeah. big cop. Yeah, the big cop. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But then um, so yeah. So I you assume well, I assumed it would be him, but yeah, it's not. So. Yeah. I know that they actually filmed in Fruitvale Station. The actual Bought place Fruit it well, place yeah. it took yeah. yeah in the place it took it took place. Which um, they had it for three three well, nights for four hours. Yeah, they said they had it from like one a.m. till five a.m. because that's when, when, they, the, when the trains when, weren't running. when it wasn't in use. Yeah. Um, and I think there there was definitely a sort of emotional experience filming there that one thing that was interesting was um which we haven't mentioned is in fact we really haven't even talked about kugler's beginnings because he was going to be a football player i think like an american football player uh, and he was gonna kind of he was going down that path and then he took this creative writing course which is this mm. is what i read an interview i saw an interview with him he took a creative writing course wrote a uh he was told to write about the most emotional, ex- emotionally intense experience of a lot li- of his life. He wrote about this thing, and the teacher got in contact with him and said, um, "This actually, this reminds me of a of a script. This is actually you should get into script writing." So he actually oh, that's en- actually ended up, and he kind of liked movies, yeah, uh, but hadn't you know been like a diehard film nut, yeah. But they then basically started writing more scripts and and ended up interesting getting into it quite yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and he he actually said he 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 just literally just googled like Pulp Fiction script and just right. like downloaded it and just started reading it and that's like seeing how, it was, how you learn yeah that's yeah. pretty much how you learn and anything. seeing like how it was um he like, uh, how it was structured and all that we shouldn't probably skip past the fact that he um he for for like five years from twenty one to twenty six he was um working in um uh, in in prison as uh, I think like a counselor for inmates Kugler yeah wow I did not know so, that so yeah so he, he definitely had you know skin in the game and his dad did the same thing yeah he clearly wanted to you know uh, be, help out in the community and yeah, yeah. And be approved by his dad he also wanted to be a, um, a I think he was he he wanted to play American football but he was also uh, I think studying to be a doctor because his thing was he wanted to he wanted yeah, to have busy. a profi- <laughs> yeah he wanted to have a profession that would help people Basically, okay, and like sense, actually, so. I think kind of strangely, Fruitvale Station in a way was probably quite a cathartic thing that helped a lot of people that were in. It, yeah, you know, I mean that situation. Yeah, it and, might have been and, overlooked, and you know, this once again it draws because the event happened in two thousand nine. This came out twenty thirteen. Yeah. So, it, and I think outside it gives of the, more attention back again. Yeah, and also internationally. Yeah, because I think it was a big thing in in the Bay Area. Yeah, and it yeah. probably was in the American kind of mainstream media but maybe who knows yeah who knows um but i was going to say that apparently when they were filming at, at fruitvale station they were rehearsing stuff in the parking lot when they didn't have yeah, it when it was actually in use oh, so they taped it out on the ground and because he was like an american he was american football player he was quite he they were like basically just like running plays right <laughs> it's like they taped it out and been like right who you go there you go there like kind of you know oh, figuring see, out the blocking oh that is interesting yeah so it's like you it's know smart. yeah but also just like that i think that thing that crops up sometimes with these first films and directors is like something from their past has become useful in, yeah, 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 in the field of directing Absolutely. somehow you know because that's the thing with directing or if it feel like with a lot of creative things yeah. is you draw back on your past experience where whether you know so for example random 
obviously thing, but uh, the guy that made True Detective, Nick Pizzolatto, yep. he knew he used to be a bartender, so a lot of scenes written in bars in the second season, for example, there are a lot of them. He even cameoed as, as a bartender. Um, you know, he, very specific things, he, something you would never pick up. You yeah, know, yeah. Some people just write bar man enters you know yeah you never think about yeah, the you, actual experience of exactly it. that must feel so good to have worked in bars for years and then go on your own set of your own show and yeah, play yeah. a bartender <laughs> <laughs> you're like yo I'm sick of this I'm, yeah. good. I'm good don't worry about it yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah so like you said it does crop your past that definitely crops back up you kind of to help you those past experiences yeah so you, this is basically you live and you learn <laughs> That's what it is. Especially if Sly gives you advice. Yeah. I think, yeah. Sly's telling you about musicals and how... <laughs> yeah, you take that shit <laughs> on board. Um, well, I mean, Fruit... I just... Yeah, I love Fruitvale. I thought it was such a great movie. My my biggest... I think the biggest... The biggest... For me, the best thing it did was humanise Oscar and do true, that through... True, true. Yeah, and do it through the fact that he's, you know, a slightly flawed individual. Do it from a guy who's trying to get better. That I think that, for me, that was like the emotional journey that at least I know Got I went on. Got a few questions, though, uh, about Fruit, Fruitvale. As yeah. well, speaking about it, fuck yeah, why yeah. not? Um, what, what's your favourite scene? You, you both, what's your favourite scene in Fruitvale? Um, Got, you know, you go. Yeah, well, yeah, for me, it's, um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's quite a few, but it, personally, it would be the... um the kind of the new year's party scene on the train yeah um just the whole the whole scene from when like pre-new year then they find the guy with the watch and they, they on his wrist to count it down and they, he's like looking at it over his shoulder oh yeah, and yeah, yeah they yeah, actually yeah. count it down off his wristwatch oh yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah. and then uh, and then when they celebrate and it, yeah just that that whole um, you thought it was all kind of very that, well done that sequence yeah. yeah i just enjoyed it yeah um and it, it's good yeah mine is um i think favorite is a trick a hard word to use in this film in the context but I, I the dog scene mm-hmm. when he um, yeah. when he kind of sees the dog on the road and then he and then he hears it get hit by this car oh yeah um, if, I'm, if I'm right in remembering it's all in one take oh yeah it was pretty visceral and pretty energetic in exactly because he runs over there I took he? yeah I took a lot from that scene because um, I suppose it's a it's, it's somewhat a microcosm of what actually happens in yeah. the film you know this yeah, thing yeah. is living its life and then it just suddenly dies but I just think what was great was that it showed a side of him which was you know he's just he's just an everyday guy just trying yeah, to do yeah, his yeah. thing and I, I loved how it was shot as well on a um, technical front just the way that the camera followed him and that kind of like that that kind of Californian sun-soaked orange look yeah, which yeah, I think yeah. is what the palette of the film was more was or less that. yeah pretty yeah. much yeah until we got to Fruitvale where it was much colder which obviously it's is blue and stuff yeah yeah, s- yeah. um that was yeah. I I really liked that. I also I I liked it because I just thought it was so unexpected. Like when I first watched it, I just was like, "What's this dog? Why are we why are we spending so much time here?" But yeah, obviously, yeah. as the scene went on and it got came through, I was Changes. like, "Actually, that's yeah. that's cool." Um, what about you? Um, well, okay. So my favorite scene will allude, allude to another question. So my favorite scene isn't directed by Kugler. It's the opening shot. It's the cell phone footage. Yeah. The reason is it's it's a double tap. At first, it you don't you're not sure what it is mm. exactly. You know you hear a gunshot, or whatever. But then the second time you watch it, it's all the more heartbreaking now. Okay, so without that cell phone footage, do do you think the film would have been what it is? Good question. Yeah, because you know he was reluctant about using real. Yeah, footage. yeah. yeah um, I I suppose um we do see real footage at the end of the film. When we see the gathering, do you yeah. remember that we we see actually see his real daughter and the gathering at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I mean, but that, what I'm, what that I'm, specific scene because yeah. that is not directed by him. Let's 
no. obviously. So what the question is, would the film has, would have been as good? Um, or as good as uh, would it have such a visceral impact? It's a good question. It's really hard to answer. In one in one sense, I'm like... Should we just delete it, a scene and try watching it? Well, I, <laughs> but I, I, well now we know. We'd have to do a <laughs> men in black job on us to like wipe our, yeah. wipe our minds with... Uh, I, I, well, you, I, think if, I think if I'd seen the film, having not known what it was really about, without that scene at the beginning, when the shooting does happen um, in the movie, as it were, not the real footage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it would have just come out of nowhere. Um, as yeah. in completely unexpected and just like what which is, which is it still happens but having like I said having seen that the footage at the beginning it does help you it, it kind of it better it, prepares you for the um, and it also yeah. just shows you what the journey of the film going to be about and where it goes I think then when you watch it from then and you see all the re- different relationships that he has yeah. you have a bit more of a there's there's a underlying kind of sadness to a lot of it isn't there because you know that you you, you know if you're an eagle-eyed watcher you know what the outcome yeah yeah, is. yeah I mean especially when you see the, those guys come on the stage on the platform like yeah the, the police I mean yeah, come yeah. on the platform you know where this is yeah no I mean I watched it like in dates like I don't know it was like 11 mm. I watch movies in, it moves in daytime or at 4.30am <laughs> or that <laughs> when, it's, when the mood hits me basically um, so watching that like as you're having breakfast and coffee and shit you watch that and you're like fuck is this news yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was intense. Uh, so for me, that was definitely and definitely the best. I don't want to say the best, but definitely the most impactful scene. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you reckon if if um for me? Do you think, do you think it'd be worse if they didn't have the footage at the beginning? Um, if the, if the movie didn't have the footage at all, it would have been uh, less of a. It would just seem like okay, so there's a day in the life of this guy who then gets shot. Mm. Mm. But this is, although um, Oscar Kugler humanizes Oscar, yeah, um, it would still seem movie-like if they did it in kind of movie world. Yeah, you know the shooting. If the guy just like it was very dramatized, you know, like pow, pow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas you know, because it kind of jumps. So it, the things happen, and he's kind of bleeding out on the flo- on the platform. And you you got Safina going there. What's what happened? Cause What's she, going on? Yeah, she heard gunshot. You know, and then and suddenly then they show you the footage again. It's the same footage you saw in the film. Yeah, in the beginning of the film. Yeah, that's like I don't know watching the fucking Avengers and Thanos snapping it and being like, oh, twenty four hours ago this happened. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not as so those. I think it was definitely a good decision to keep this in. Yeah, and not dramatize the footage. I mean, I, I knew going in that. I mean, I know you said you you saw the footage at the start, but you kind of forgot about. It. I I knew going in what the story was. Yeah, yeah. Um, it did. It it's just a credit to the to the film and how good it is. But it didn't stop me from when I was watching it being like, yeah, I forgot you know, about I, it. I hope he's okay. Yeah, like, like, I hope I, that he can get pull through. through. Like, pull through. Like, yeah. it, you know, and I actually I um, should shout out to the scene when. Um, his friends come to the hospital and Octavia Spencer who plays Wanda his mum yeah, 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 kind yeah, of yeah. calms them all down do you remember that scene yeah 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 and she kind that of was... gets them all to like to pray and sit together I really liked that she has such a presence on screen mm. Octavia Spencer. Spencer yeah they start getting at the doctor and she's yeah, like no he's, she's just, like, he's, just, he's just trying to help like, yeah 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 I really liked that it's just it's just a really it's, it's, realistic way of showing grief. but also yeah okay realistic way of sh- showing it but so Pairing that up to the fact that she walks out in prison, tough love and stuff. Yeah. Um, it kind of feels like she was preparing her whole life that this is the way it's going to end. Yeah. That's it. It just seemed like she 
she was better pre- prepared than anyone else. Yeah. Why are you? Because you kind of knew that this will happen at some point. Yeah. So. Well, I suppose she knew she knew it could be a possibility with the yeah, way that yeah yeah with the, the way his Oscar's life was life going, was going. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so I just thought that's interesting how these guys have this visceral and instant reaction where she's she she's been through the motions already yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no that's so true um, Coogs I was gonna ask Coogler's one of those directors that's made like three films one pretty huge film it's alright it's not that big yeah, it's not <laughs> that big um, he hasn't really he hasn't got like a said style to his films mm. stop you right there Sam yeah um, no he, he does have style if he um, so far throughout his movies it's very realistic yeah so I, I know you you can say that about any director but okay so Creed uh, a, a, do you mean sort of emotionally realistic emotionally realistic to... yeah like not just like oh this happens in real life yeah, yeah gunshot yeah. and you die yeah and yeah like people go through these motions and you know they go through these feelings and you know um so it's very boxed in okay black panther was yeah black, even black panther um the world wouldn't end if uh what so killmonger goes out and right yeah that the world wouldn't end that wasn't his end game yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. End game. Wait. um but so it's just him these stories are very boxed in because it's the 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 lead character's life that kind of poetically would end right yeah so it's not so that is his style it's a bit like Stephen Knight right so with Locke the world outside the car keeps moving yeah nobody really gives a shit yeah yeah but inside a car this <laughs> this guy's life is falling apart yeah 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 true so sort of Wakanda is blocked off yeah and shit is going sideways over there right yeah uh, but outside the world nobody even knows they exist yeah same with this uh, Fruitvale Station nobody outside the world knows this Barely knows this even happened. Like yeah, yeah. Luke, you, you didn't know. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, yeah, I had no idea really until I researched the movie. With Creed, it's a it's a father uh, father son kind of story yeah. essentially. So I think that's that is a style storytelling style for sure. Yeah, yeah. And he's a strong screenwriter. I think he's he's into yeah. screenwriting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So absolutely. that's like a bit like Chazelle. That's where his kind of, I suppose, yeah, his style comes from. Um, I did some research on what's coming up for Coogs oh yeah I did uh, as well yeah, what yeah. You, like what Coogler's next um, very looking forward to projects um, to, well to Wrong Answers yeah Wrong yeah. Answers looks so, so interesting Wrong Answers is a movie that he's doing next I think um, I think so yeah and it's about a math teacher that alters his students grades once so again get, based on true story oh yeah true yeah I saw that in Atlanta I think it was um, yeah math teacher alters his students grades to get funding for the school so there's like there's a great kind of story such to tell such a grey area there so does, yeah. he, does he make them worse or better no, no, he, he, he makes he them, them better, better so oh, that so the so school will get the more funding right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when I read the synopsis I kind of immediately for some reason my mind went to just like a Seth Rogen like Judd, Ap- <laughs> Judd Apatow thing where it's like oh <laughs> what are we doing um, whereas Pull this, no, it'd be it interesting won't be that way no no no, no. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how Coog's uh, especially Coog's, because he's set in Atlanta yeah Black Panther 2 I mean, there's nothing about unknown about that film. Assuming that he does it, um, yeah, he's 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 back on board with yeah. it. He's he's writing it and directing it. Oh, nice. Solely, uh, I'm not sure if solely. I'm not sure if right. they're getting Joe Robert Cole back on it. That'd be cool, though. Yeah. Um, and then he's got some thing that there wasn't a lot of info on it, but the scenes for minors, which is about oh, kids who grow up in juvenile institutions, which links back is, to what you were saying yeah, earlier. Yeah. So the the years that he worked in 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 prison and that kind of thing, he's kind of linking back to this. Um, 
which I'm definitely interested in seeing. So, final thoughts on on Fruitvale? Great, great debut. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it's a great debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great topic to choose as a debut as well. Strong, strong topic. It's a great debut. What happens? We've unpacked it. It's such an interesting way of how it came to the screen. Like him finding about the story. He's from the Bay Area. Forrest yeah, Whitaker yeah, yeah. getting involved. Like it's kind of a yeah. It's like a obviously when you look back, it's like a stars aligned thing. But I'm sure there was like loads of hard work. To yeah, it's get probably it. because it took so long to make. Because uh, so he, yeah. the story comes uh, comes out what 2009. You get this comes out four years later. So also yeah. another thing to show for kids that movies take time to make. Yeah, good they movies. Don't, yeah, they don't happen overnight, and even bad ones they take time to make. We should shout out to Locks. Is it Locks? Yes, Locks. Yep. Kugler's short. Uh, short film. Yeah, yeah. That's another great film. It's yeah, on Vimeo. Short. It's on Vimeo. Um, it's kind of like a prelude to Vimeo Shorts of the Week. It's Oof. like the yeah. the the mini short before the yeah. other shorts. Yeah, well, yeah. it's actually it's longer than one of the shorts we've got. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But basically, um, yeah, Kugler's short film Locks, which he did at USC, I presume. He did it while he was yeah, 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 still yeah, yeah. maybe fi- in his final year of studying or something. Don't want to talk about it way too much because it would give away way too much. You say there's no dialogue in it. That's one thing to say, but it packs a fucking punch. Yeah, it does. It's really good. Yeah, really great movie. Should we move on? We shall. Vimeo yep. shorts of the week. What do we have? We have two shorts. <laughs> one which is called The First Men by Stacey Richter. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we could, we'll dive into this first. Um... This was a massive. This was this was my doing. It was a big curveball to send you guys because it's it's a, it's a quite a strange. Yeah. Um, also the longest so far. The longest lo- short film. Yeah. yeah. Short was film? clocking at thirteen. Th- thirteen, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Wash Club was too far behind that. I think it was like nine. <laughs> yeah, Wash Club was about nine. I, yeah. I don't go with ten for me. <laughs> short, short span and whatnot. What do you guys think of this? I mean, I would summarize it, but it's tr- I, it's a tricky film to give a synopsis for. A school teacher goes to a mall with her mum and comes across. And, inca- and, and encounters encounter with one of her students. Yeah, and then that, yeah, and then that's all I That's all happen. I understood I, I from f- it. I feel like that that short film it had very good potential. It's just uh, the way it ended is uh, wasn't for me. I mean, uh, maybe I'm a little more stupid or maybe no, I, I, behind I, in the IQ points, but yeah, for me it has great drama build up. Yeah, tension is there, but. Is the end is the, the payoff end, the is payoff just is just yeah and it, and it takes a while to get to it as well yeah especially great, at great acting minutes. though great acting yeah. I'd say I was thinking as well they were shooting like in a mall like they must have yeah. either got permission or just yeah, I don't know paid gorilla. for the location or something I don't think you could gorilla the well, amount of time they, people, could, they were there start looking the well camera. they just they had like long shots where they were like on a Dolly or a um, Steadicam yeah. kind of like moving Escal- back escalators and shit in a shot yeah when you when they get to escalators and shit that's when the budget starts <laughs> creeping up but even like they were in the shop there was sh- yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like other people in there there's another actress let's say yeah. so that's another, pe- that's another person you have to pay yeah true um, yeah I, th- I thought it was a it was an interesting short this is this is weird it's the first short we've had on this that mm. we're, we're ambivalent we're, about uh, it. yeah which we're unsure if we should recommend yeah. I mean it's if you want to see something that has a very strange ending, bit different. But, but it's a bit different, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like um, um, make it yourself kind of ending. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yep. it had it it has all the recipes for for an ending. It just doesn't cook it. Yep. Someone forgot to turn the heat on at the end. Exactly. 
Um, that's that's <laughs> ironic. The, this is like the least recommendation <laughs> yeah. we've, ever, we've ever given something. <laughs> that's the first Men by Stacey Richter, which yeah, check out on Vimeo. The second one, which it's, I was I was a big fan of. Big fan, big fan. Um, Life. Life Hack by Will Dennis. So good, so short. Nice. It's a three minute short film. On again, it's on Vimeo. It's basically a couple um, talking. Between on a, themselves. On a sidewalk on the in sidewalk New, York New York City. Yeah, all one shot. Um, but yeah, all one shot. It's just very, very Woody Allen-esque, like neurotic dialogue back y- and forth. Like, yeah. yeah, and very, I, I suppose maybe very, kind of describes relationships in the metropolitan city very well. Yeah, I agree. I t- I, I, I've definitely had one of these conversations before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? On the way to a wedding, I think. They're on yeah, so they're on yeah, the way to are. a wedding and the, the boyfriend um is, is kind of talking about, you know, we're crossing the road here, we can save time. Oh yeah. Um, it's, yeah it's she just wants to enjoy the walk home and he loves this kind of uh you know, like oh, if we take take the road here and then we go up there, then we save five minutes and she's And like, then that escalates into a should we even date anymore? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And also the like, I love how she's like, why do we have to take the shortcut? And he's like, because I, I don't want to spend another five minutes of my life like waiting on the sidewalk for the yeah, traffic yeah, yeah. to go. But it's like, like, well, you're standing next to the person you're meant to be like in love with. Like, that, yeah. That, so you ha- that has more meaning than, you know, he's, he, than, than the, you think about. And the fact that they just like casually are like, yeah, we'll, I'll see you just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save me a seat. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Save me a seat. <laughs> Save me a seat. Oh, because you need the, to go to the toilet at that time. Oh yeah. yeah She's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, um, we were, great, great. Really, I mean, it's like a one long shot. It's one long. It's one three one, minutes. One three minute short. Yeah, we were saying this as well. Like you just really, lav up the actors and then yeah, yeah, yeah. let them. It reminded me of it. a short film. I don't remember. Like, must have been a couple of years back. But I don't know if we we're going to cover this. But basically, there was a. Uh, a bank robbery I think it might have been somewhere in Scandinavia uh, and this guy basically just shot it as one shot and in After Effects he just uh, zoomed in on where the action is happening I'm not sure if you guys seen it oh wow okay but it, so it looks as though it's it looks like it's like panning, multi- multi- panning down and stuff right, okay. where it's actually right. just this guy just has a one massive shot. wide <laughs> wide fucking shot and he's just like zooming in where so it's happening but and I think it's like has no dialogue, but it's just like a shitty robbery as well. Oh, okay, so we it's, should, it's uh, comedic in a sense. We'll we'll cover we should, it next. Yeah, next we should time. cover it in, in a future app. That's that sounds quite funny. <laughs> um, this was kind of looked like it was shot from a kind of slightly higher window on the other side of the road. I thought it was just a guy with a fucking I don't know monopod just over his head. over his like, head. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because it just it looked just barely above people's heads. Heads. Yeah. 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 So unless the midget filmed it. But <laughs> um, great acting though. Yeah, no, Much very. More. Yeah, like you said, very, very Woody Allen. Yeah. Um, I definitely found myself kind of watching it, being like, "Where's this going?" And then kind of being like, "Oh, I can relate to that." That's, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I've re- definitely had one of those conversations before. Actually, by that by the point of like kind of bickering at each other, I didn't care where it was going. I was like, right, yeah. I, I enjoyed the chemistry here, the way they kind of the attitude between them yeah. I was like yeah this can go for another few minutes I'm fine with that I it's wish like, it had gone on for another I wish it had gone on for 13 minutes it's just like <laughs> it's listening to another conversation that you're kind of eavesdropping in on at a restaurant where a couple is breaking up yeah. and you're kind of interested where this goes yeah so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what this short film is it's eavesdropping eavesdropping um, cool so there are two two Vimeo shorts uh, 
a, a strong recommend of Life Hack by Will Dennis yeah, and yeah, an ambivalent yeah. recommend of The First Men by Stacey Richter. <laughs> um, check it. See for yourself. Check it. <laughs> like, but Life Hack, like, yeah, yeah definitely give, check life give, hack. give them both a go. Give them both a go. Um, so we're going to, well, before we tease our next director, we're going to play a game again. <laughs> <laughs> Another quote game. <laughs> Is it Office Space? Um, <laughs> yeah, the sequel. <laughs> Office Spaced? <laughs> Office still sucks. Work still sucks. <laughs> um, if you want to get in contact with the pod, you can email firstfilmpod at gmail.com or firstfilmpod on Twitter. Word. Sparrow, do you want to intro who the next director is? Who we're going to cover off? Yeah. Um, it's someone big. Well, in fact, it's it. someone you might not have heard of. Yeah, Just, but, it's a little, but, little indie director. Small, yeah, not a household name. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steven Spielberg. Oh, uh, that, was that even a tease? Flat house, that No, but we 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 stopped, we stopped the tea, we stopped the uh, the ominous teasing. And oh, never, we did? Did I miss the moment? Well, because otherwise, people can't message in if they don't know. Who yeah, the, uh, we we stopped the so, ominous teasing so. of like, we, who are we doing? And then we never reveal. And then, then, <laughs> then the next, no one then, knows. Then no one knows because there's like there's no questions about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's no questions. Like, um, what, uh, what film are we did we decide on? Because there was this, we had this little debate over what. Yeah, so what is this first Spielberg film? has done a movie called Jewel, which is, I think, widely known as one of his first movies. It's like a feature-length film, but it's a, it was a TV movie. Um, and then he are you, did. Are you suggesting Roma was a TV mo- movie as well? Oh God, we're going to get into this chat again. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had, um, and then he's done the Sugarland Express, which is his first theatrical Def- debut, Def- according to Google. But I think we've decided on Jewel because Jewel is it has a three years prior. There's a theatrical cut, three years prior, and it's 86 minutes long. 89, I think the theatrical 89. cut. Perfect length for Sparrow. Jewel, yeah. <laughs> so. Dual. Spielberg is going to be our, our next one. Expect uh, that to be, be a fucking shitload to unpack. We'll be here, here spieling. <laughs> Spe- will we? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Shout out to Louis, who'll be joining us on the next episode. Louis, uh, Louis, Louis from the Thunder Road app. Yeah. So that's it. Coogler, Fruitvale, great movie, great director. Yeah. Want to see where he's going next? Shout out to Movie that's not sponsoring this podcast. Definitely not, <laughs> but there's some great ones on there right now. On Moobs. Yeah, yeah Moobs. I mean, also it's it definitely M-U-B-I. is not. It definitely does not sponsor this podcast. Except it does. It <laughs> definitely does we, not. It definitely does not. But we always we always mention it. Although I actually I mean, just I, like, I outright mentioned it this time. I I put my hand. Look, I'm putting my hands up. My hands are up. We can all see it. I can definitely say I'll accept a free movie subscription if if moves if moves get involved. That's all we can. We can confirm if movie do sponsor us, we will take whatever they offer as a sponsor. It's out there now. Yeah, maybe we should send this to movie. I don't you know, know. yeah. You know does, what? Does the movie even does it even have people that work there, or is it just an algorithm? It's, a hand that, it's just an algorithm that spits out old movies. <laughs> I that's really like doubt all, that. That's like all it is, isn't it? Yeah. I love how we're actually plugging movie without with actually without getting sponsored. <laughs> yeah, well, we they, still pay for this. We don't need to give. We don't need to give them airtime, and we're giving them more airtime. <laughs> maybe Jewel will go on movie. Who knows? If it does, maybe it's something to do with us. Shout out. Who knows? Fuck. But it doesn't actually sponsor this podcast. Not yet. No, but it is good. Get a subscription. Do it. But it doesn't sponsor this podcast. Not yet. (laughs) All right. So that's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Sparrow. See ya. Goodbye from B Dog. 
See you guys, uh, Mooby. See you, Moobs. Check you out in the next episode. Bye-bye.